You're listening to The Real Enneagram Podcast, a spiritual quest brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. Well, welcome to The Real Enneagram. A spiritual quest. My name is Baradon, and I'm here today with Dr. Joe Howell, the founder and director of the Institute for Conscious Being, as we know it, the ICB. So welcome, Joe. Hi, Barrett. Glad to be with you again. Absolutely. Last time we uh, had a conversation about the flowering of consciousness. And I I love getting 30,000 feet uh, and having large kind of cerebral conversations. But I was thinking today for our listeners, if we could, would like to get very practical to help them think through the different ways the Enneagram can help show how we can experience Sabbath. And uh, this is definitely a spiritual notion, a very biblical example of uh, a tool that we have in our tool belt, something we believe that God initiated from creation. It is the most reoccurring law in the Old Testament. It is even a We even see examples of Jesus taking time out of his life to retreat, to rest, to have a Sabbath. And I'm not sure people do it very well. (laughs) And so I'm banking on the assumption that Sabbath is, well, I'll get to that later, or I'll think about that tomorrow. (laughs) And what would you just off the bat would say, like, do you feel like this is Sabbath is one thing either humans struggle with, or do you feel like it is a necessary part of who we should be? Well, yes. I tell you what, I'll answer that question. If you first tell us a Sabbath of your own that you especially were grateful for. Oh, um, so in my mind, first I would say just like Sabbath doesn't always have to be a a Sunday afternoon nap, (laughs) although... (laughs) I highly would suggest people do it if they've never experienced it. Uh, But what I have learned is that uh, in order to get out of my ego, I'm an ego type three. And in order for me to really let go of being so identified to that three that I need to have something kind of rhythmic in in my grind, in my weekly rhythm that doesn't attempt to win at anything. Uh, and it's not so to be used later in public. It is just something that feeds my own soul. And one of the things I just love just so much is after everybody else goes to sleep in my house that I watch a movie. And there's absolutely no purpose to it other than for my own enjoyment. And it is just what I have learned. This feeds my soul. And I I really like it. Okay. I'm gonna get what about you? Well, let me get a little more personal, if you don't mind. What are your Absolutely. favorite? What are your favorite movies? Oh well, I am absorbed into all things science fiction. So anytime we can world build, and I can go to another place and kind of watch how they develop and how their relationships are, you know, mature and and what superhero powers somebody else has, I'm all for it. I can give in to that. Uh, just about any time, especially late at night when you don't have to put a lot of emotional thought into it. Uh, and so I really like anything sci-fi that, uh, that you can world build. Wow. 
that is wonderful. It kind of is like a mind bath. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You can wash it clean, can't you? Absolutely. Yeah. So I really, I mean, I really do enjoy it. And also being in nature, being outside, going for a hike, running is a huge uh, Sabbath for me. I've learned a long time ago that I needed a balance of kind of running, reading, and writing. And so as long as I can maintain that kind of rhythm, it feels mind, body, spirit to me. Like I'm tapping into different centers around the Enneagram. And I, uh, but running, I would say is a Sabbath. Like I, I'm not sure if I'm running away from something or towards something, but maybe a little bit of both, but it just, it engages a different part of, of me. And it's just me out there. I'm not running for a race. I'm not competing against anybody. I'm just, I feel connected in different ways to the divine when I'm, when I'm on the road. Well, that's a sweet spot. It is. It is a sweet spot. And so what about you, Joe? Sabbath. I have to admit that I do not build Sabbaths into my life because I am seemingly always into another project. But there are telltale signs that my life gives me that lets me know I better get a Sabbath or things are going to go south. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why, I, that's when I've learned over the years not to ignore those little signs. Like, for me, my signs are exasperation with other people. I hate to admit it, but sarcasm. I hate to admit it, but a little bit of contempt for certain things. A little bit of uh, short fuse with people, a little bit of fatigue in in my body, even though I've had a good night's sleep. Yeah. Other signs are, you know, getting stuff done, but being bored doing it. Yeah, I can get a lot done and it's very important, but I'm bored doing it. I don't, I think it's just an accumulation of behaviors. It's not in a sweet spot. You know, I can go get a birthday card for somebody in Walgreens and it'll take me maybe five to 10 minutes to get the card. But I've noticed that if I stop and become present to that rack of cards and think of that person who I'm buying it for, the behavior I have of finding the card is not a duty. It's a discovering of the right card, which usually finds me because I'm aligned body, heart, and spirit, mind. And that's a little bit of a Sabbath right there. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be a 24-hour day in which there's no work and you aren't using your mule in the backyard. Yes, I 100% agree. But you find these little pockets uh, where you're both aware of some sort of like a trigger in you. And then you have these uh, this, this spatial awareness, but also practical examples of things that you know work for you. 
And yes. so I'm hoping we could go around the Enneagram and and talk about like what are these triggers? Like what are these? And I would imagine it's when we're kind of like really disintegrated or we're kind of at the lower level of our ego that's operating. And it and it could be so many reasons. Fatigue is probably the biggest reason. But then how would you how would that number experience a Sabbath? And so I know it's it's somewhat theoretical, but you may have experience with people around the Enneagram that you could share. So could you help yeah, us with that, that, Joe? I certainly could. Well, if we begin, begin with one, you know, the unhealthy one is a very hard worker. They tend to overload themselves because especially in this culture where the Protestant ethic is one of the hallmarks of Americana, it's the right thing to do to work. And I've noticed in some other countries, if somebody can't show up for an obligation, they say, I, I'm sorry, I had to work. It's, that's not an excuse in other cultures. But I've noticed in this culture, if somebody says, oh, I'm sorry, I had to work, they are excused. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. Ones really are moored to the dock of hard work. And I would believe that for them to have a Sabbath, they've got to go to their seven, which lives in the moment, is joyous and optimistic. Then this terrible duty or yoke as the oxen bears is lifted off their shoulders and they can give themselves a Sabbath, but they've got to go to that seven first, which is where their soul child is. Well, then what about a two? Twos are preoccupied with how loved they are, how esteemed they are, how essential they are to the lives of others. Relationships are of primary importance because those are the things that reflect our importance and our essential value. So twos are always promoting and nurturing relationships with the uh, idea behind them that if they can do for others, then they not only have a relationship, but it's going to be positive and they're going to be esteemed and valued. Just the preoccupation with how to manage and nurture relationships is very tiring. It can exhaust you. There can be compassion fatigue. There can be benevolence fatigue. And twos can throw their lives out like a baby with the bathwater. Sure. And, and, and identify only with their giving as who they are. But when, you know, they go to the fore and their soul child, they become very aware of who they are and what their needs are. And every two who comes into health will embrace the idea that they deserve a break. So you could definitely see for a two, it may be, being alone <laughs> and and being okay. without distraction, maybe a walk and just to get away and to 
be not feel like you're in demand of someone else, but it sounds like a one may want to be around people. You may want to engage in something fun, to go out at night doing and, and if, if that is there, have you seen a two, anything that works specifically for a two that could draw them into that place of where they just don't feel like they're on duty? I I know some twos who have embraced their four. And once they embody the fact that they are a person in their own right and that they are a creation of God that is a -a one-of-a-kind thing and they are valued already without performance, then they give themselves the space to enjoy their lives. Yeah, do you think they, and that is, like, I'm not sure, like an unconscious too, I could be wrong, but they would never choose just to do something for themselves, like take a painting class, because that may take up space in their day to be helping someone else. Uh, but right. would, would that type, would, I'm kind of typecasting the four here as the artist, but would that be something that could be like a Sabbath, that they do something artistic for themselves. Are twos kind of closet artists that we they don't know about? Well, I mean, they are disconnected from their creativity. So it's not artists per se. It could be any creative act in life. It may be creative for them to establish a soup kitchen. Right. They're blending their benevolent compassion and their giving with a creative idea, and then they give it over to somebody else to take over. So they're not the one doing all the work all the time. The uh, Or it could just be they organize their garage, and it doesn't serve anybody else other than themselves. <laughs> but right. it, it's a break from having to feel like you're serving the needs of others. Right. And and then the beauty of it is, Barrett didn't mean to interrupt, but they enact their uh, idealized essential aspect, which is called merging gold, which means they are able to blend with other people like merging two blocks of gold under great heat. They're able to blend much more easily because they have had time for themselves. I think we probably have time for uh, a, another number, but what about a three? What are they struggling to embrace? I am an ego type three, so I am very curious as to what you're going to say. Well, you know, threes can use a Southern phrase here, bless their hearts. They're on a gerbil wheel. And very much like twos, they are not in touch with the fact that they are loved. They may know it, but they are essentially disconnected from their self-worth. Therefore, their ego does a lot of work to create an image that is level, that is wanted and needed, maybe even craved. The more that we are craved for who we present ourselves as being, the more we must be loved, is what an unhealthy three ego says to itself. But 
if three returns to their soul child at point six, they understand the value of community and that anything worthwhile that's done is not done to promote one's own self-image, but is done from the groundswell of community with other people involved so that everyone benefits from what is accomplished, not just that one three person. That is done as they go to six, which is the place of sacred kinship or community. Yeah, I can tell you personally, I find it to be so rewarding when you can be a part of someone else's success story and then to give them space to celebrate them. And that to me, it feels so authentic, so genuine. So I would, anytime there's a chance to celebrate someone else for a three, I know that's, that is a Sabbath moment. And the beauty of it is, That's the way you receive confirmation of your lovableness. Yeah. It's it's through through the community. And I'm sure as a pastor of a large church in Wilmington, North Carolina, you have given your life for that community. And in that, you have flowered in understanding your own worth. So, you're part of something that is already being accomplished. You don't have to go off on your own and create some edifice or some program that confirms Barrett Owens' self-worth. Yeah, but it's also, I'm not doing backflips on stage either to try to gain the approval of the group. <laughs> so That's it. And Well, the four then... They are, they're on a different journey. What do they, why are they at a loss and how can they get Sabbath? Fours have forgotten essentially their identity. They, like the twos and threes, are the third egotype in the heart center. And all three egotypes are not convinced that they're loved. Only in soul can they find the missing pieces of their self-worth. And for a four, they go to one using their holy idea of holy origin. Once they understand that their source is divine and that they are divine and that they were purposefully divinely created for a purpose, then being special does not mean as much as it used to mean, having to be special or one of a kind or have people notice them so that they have an identity, doesn't, it's not important anymore because they become rooted and remember, they self-remember their primary identity as a child of God. So is that, I mean, so like a, a conscious one is is the serene discerner. And so is there a way that a four can can tap into that? Is there a practical example that that you know that works for fours that helps them to remember that self-remembering? Yes. Well, I knew a four once who, oddly enough, was an artist and 
made a lot of things and and she painted a lot and did a lot of art that was called assemblage she put things together and a lot of people liked her stuff and bought it and she started mass producing it because it made money she was getting affirmation people said oh this is this stuff is beautiful but she lost touch with her own creativity because she became an assembly line for art and she tried to feel special but she lost her feeling of being special because she lost who she was but once she went to her soul child at one and remembered that she was a discerner as someone very open to the divine and someone who could create from inspiration she got her inspiration back and she never went back to mass producing she always knew that she needed to make every piece from her one soul child yeah and so it sounds like for the ego type 3 they need to be around people and a lot like it sounds like the one needed to as well but for the like for the four i mean it feels like they just need to rekindle with that thing that inspired them to begin with like whatever it could be a song i mean it could be yes. a play i mean it could be i mean it could be art in any fashion but it needs to not be mass produced how can this just speak to me and that becomes yeah. their sabbath that does they yeah. they slow down their they're off the gerbil wheel of getting people to notice them, just like the three is off the gerbil wheel of accomplishment and image making, and the two is off the gerbil wheel of endearing themselves to other people through repetitive acts of giving. Well, then there's the five. What are they struggling with, and how can that Sabbath help them? Well, you know, fives are hidden in a cave they are trying to get away from people they're collecting information they're observing and they are afraid that if they get out of their cave other people will steal their time their information and kind of gobble them up and their holy idea is holy transparency and holy omniscience and that leads them right to their soul child at eight, which gives them the power to leave their cave and to share with the world what they know. Now, their Sabbath would be resting from all of their empowered sharing because they're going to be busy once they go to eight. They've got a world of knowledge to share and they have got to use their essential aspect of divine inner guidance to lead them to when they know they must go to an oasis before they begin again. So it is similar to what their ego wanted to do. I mean, they, they're in a cave, but Sabbath for them is after they've experienced their eightness. Their, Absolutely. Their and so Eight then is, the rest... Yeah. 
So and so their ego may even have a thing or two to tell them on how they could rest. <laughs> but then they yeah. just need to get back out into the eight. This is six, seven, eight, and nine or another podcast. Okay, we can come back next time and finish uh, how we can engage with Sabbath. Joe, I'm always grateful for Love your it. time, your expertise, the conversation to be able to see you and to hear from you. I would say to our listeners, thank you for listening today. We hope you're interested in learning more about the Enneagram and ways it integrates into your life. You can learn more about us at the icb.org. You can also check us out on Facebook or just keep listening to our podcast, The Real Enneagram, each week. We hope that you heard something today that sinks in a little deeper into your heart and your mind and your soul, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Thank you. That wraps up another episode of The Real Enneagram, brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. If you're interested in furthering these conversations, please reach out to us through our Instagram, at The Real Enneagram. Or if you're interested in our upcoming trainings or other resources, please visit our website, www.instituteforconsciousbeing.org. Thanks for listening.